So that's Psalm 57. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends his love and his faithfulness. I'm in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to you all. Um, I was reminded of a mom. I was reminded of Kim Kim Hapke's mother this morning uh, who went to be with the Lord recently. Some of you already know that. And we're going to, there's going to be a service here on Saturday, this Saturday, to celebrate her life. And that um, just reminds me of what Mark just said. We know this day has all sorts of emotions for you women, and, um, but we are here to honor you today and celebrate your role in this world and, and you mothers, your role in our lives. And so I want to do that today through this psalm. Um, if you weren't here last week, I wasn't here last week because I'm on the retreat as well. Um, we are doing just a month-long series in the Psalms just for May. You know, we just finished this long series in the book of Luke. Uh, and then May sort of this weird month. We got the men's retreat. You got Mother's Day. You got Memorial Day. So rather than launch into another long series, we're going to do just a month in some Psalms, and then in beginning in June, we'll start a summer series. So Rick Langer uh, kicked it off last week and gave us kind of an overview of some high-level ideas about the Psalms. And really, what the Psalms are are they're they're people who are just coming to God in in wherever they are in life, in all aspects of life, and this God who is the God of of all of life. And Rick talked about this uh, this posture of attending and then responding. Where first we, we attend, or the psalmists do this, they attend to their lives. Whatever's going on, that might be uh, attending to the creation. It might be attending to the good things in their lives. It might be attending to the fears, to the troubles, to whatever's going on. Attending to it, acknowledging it, and then responding by taking it to God. And they respond sometimes with praise, uh, with adoration, with confession, with uh, cries for help. Whatever it is. But they're bringing all of life to God. And it's this beautiful picture of a God who's with us through it all, through the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that happens in our lives, we have this God, as Mark just said, who, who has grace for us in it all. And what I, I see the Psalms, the fact that the, some of these prayers were written down and then are in our sacred scriptures, to me, this is like God's invitation to us 
and I'm going to use really theological language here, his invitation to basically bring it, you know? It's like God saying, bring it. You know, whatever you got, I, I, I'm, it's not going to surprise me. I've seen it before. You can bring your anger. You can bring your doubts. You can bring your fears. Whatever it is, bring it. I want that kind of relationship with you. And so we see all these people just bring whatever is going on, what's ever stirred up in their hearts to God. And God has room for that. And he meets them in those places. And so um, you get these really raw, unedited uh, prayers sometimes. And I love that that's a part of our sacred scriptures. So we have just three weeks then to look at some psalms. Uh, so for the next two weeks, we're, today and next week, we're going to look at psalms where someone is going through a time of trouble, all right? Today, that trouble is external. Next week, we'll look at a psalm where that trouble is internal. Uh, and then the final week, we'll look at a psalm of praise, when things are good and right and there's just praise and, and celebration. So we're going to look at uh, Psalm 57 today. David going to God as his refuge in a time of trouble. And my, my goal for us this morning is this, that wherever we find ourselves, we might find in our God a refuge today. And also, I, I, I want to honor you, you women in the room as well as we do this. And so I think there'll be some images that will connect uh, to do that. I want to tie this into Mother's Day as much as possible. All right, so let's look at this psalm, Psalm 57. Uh, The context, as I've already hinted at, was uh, a a time of challenge and trouble for David. And if you look at the inscription at the very beginning of the psalm, right, even before verse 1, it says it's a psalm of David, and it says, when he fled from Saul into the cave. So that suggests a context in which the psalm was written. You guys know, many of you know that David was anointed king uh, long before he actually became king. (laughs) So he's already been anointed and yet has not been crowned king. And the current king Saul is jealous and is, uh, you know, nervous about David. So Saul's been chasing David through the desert, trying to kill him. Uh, And David has found solace in a cave. And that is the context of this psalm. It's born out of uh, a time of danger and threat and fear. And David gives us two images of, of the trouble that he's in. I want to just talk about these images for a second, and I want to see if you can connect with some of these images. The most obvious one is the image of lions, of wild beasts. Look at verse 4. Uh, bless you, Dad. Um, I, rec- I recognize that sneeze anywhere. Uh, lions. That was a good lion right there. Uh, Look at verse 4. I'm in the midst of lions. I'm forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Verse 6. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. So he gives us an image of lions, these fierce enemies. And for him, these are literally men who are trying to kill him. Okay? So I think some of us, uh, you, might be, you might at different times in your life relate to this image. There are lions out there in my life right now. There are actual enemies. And for some of you, those are literal people <laughs> that you experience in your life as someone who's trying to take me down. It could be somebody, you know, in the context of work who feels like an enemy. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes for us, it's members of our own family or extended family, or you know, people or friends that sometimes feel like enemies. Uh, and then other times, I think in our lives, the enemies don't feel quite as concrete and specific as like actual people. You know, sometimes the enemy is like 
you know, this debt, this financial debt that is crushing me right now, or this, this chronic back pain that I'm experiencing, or, you know, th- these things that, that maybe don't have a direct, like, personal nature to them. But what I love about the Psalms is so often the enemies are very concrete and personal. They're actual people. And sometimes it, it gives us language that is helpful, even when my troubles are maybe a little bit less personal than that. It can be nice to have language like, yeah, that thing that's going on, that is an enemy. I haven't really identified it that way, but that's an enemy. That thing, that thing is threatening to ruin my life. And David feels that in very, in very real and tangible ways. All right, so that's the first image of his trouble is this image of wild beasts. That's the most obvious image. Um, and then there's another image that's maybe a little more subtle and less obvious, but it's the image of a storm. Okay, and if you look at the end of verse, 11, uh, verse 1, it says, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings, and in this phrase, until the disaster has passed. Uh, the ESV, I think, rightly translates that, until the storms of disaster have passed. So it's an image of a storm. The image of trouble is this image of a storm that passes through your life, right? It, it comes from somewhere, and then it, it enters into your life, and it stays there, and eventually it, it passes and goes out. And, and I think the image of a storm is a great metaphor for the trials and challenges in our lives, right? I mean, I think, I think actually weather in general is a pretty good me- metaphor for our life circumstances. Like, I could ask you all today, how are you today? And you could answer by telling me what your weather is right now, right? You know, how, how's life right now? And you could say, sunny, clear sky, 75 degrees, right? Uh, cloudy with a chance of showers. My life is that way. And I'm in a thunderstorm right now, right? Um, man, the Santa Ana's just came out of nowhere. And that, that things are just kicking up all over the place. Or it feels like there's just this fog that has, has kind of descended right now on me. And um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's just been kind of hard, you know? I, I want you to stop for a second, and, and I want you to think of an actual challenge or trial in your life, okay? So if, you've, if you're going through something right now, whatever it is, I want you to identify that thing. Um, or maybe it's something that you've just recently come out of. Um, I want you just to be, c- come up with something concrete that you are identifying. Yeah, um, this is something I'm, I'm in right now. And this is a storm that I'm in or I've, I've recently come out of. You got something? Okay. I, I, was, I was thinking about, you know, storms and storms in our lives. And, and I was thinking um, some storms in our lives are like Orange County storms. And what I mean by that is you can kind of see them coming for a couple days, right? Like we rarely get caught off guard by a storm here. Normally the clouds start to build over a day or two. You see it coming from the ocean and slowly it comes on. And it could be a big one or a light one. But you kind of see it coming and then you kind of see it go away. And, and that's how a lot of storms uh, come into our lives. And, and some of you right now uh, can identify with, gosh, yeah, there's, there's that thing that's been going on at work. And it, it just feels like it's been brewing, you know, for about five or six months. I feel like there's something that's coming to a head here or, or some issue in your marriage where it's like, yeah, there's been, there's this growing thing that I don't like that is, it's been concerning and it's, it's building. You can kind of see it, it and it's, it's coming gradually. Uh, and then other storms in our lives are like, like the Sierra storms, 
right? I mean, storms that, that literally seem to come out of nowhere. Sunny sky, and then right over this mountain, this massive storm cloud, and you're, you're caught in the rain out of nowhere. And, and we go camping every, every summer up in the Sierras. I still call it camping. Now we're in a cabin. But, um, but I have great fond memories of being in the middle of a hike as a younger boy and then just having to literally race down the trail in the mud as the, as the hail or the, you know, as the rain comes. I, mean, I can remember climbing Mount Whitney on a perfectly sunny day and literally at the top watching a cloud form right above me. And I, I, it was the first time I, I always thought clouds came from somewhere, right? Every other cloud I'd seen was like, oh, it, I see it was over there and it came over here. It's like, no, that didn't come from anywhere. It just literally appeared above me. And for some of you, <laughs> and for all of us at various times, we experienced those kinds of storms that, that seem to literally come out of nowhere, right? It's, it's the, uh, the routine medical checkup that all of a sudden ends with this really surprising and bad diagnosis, or it's, it's the call in the middle of the night from the police. Um, you know, it's the, it's the lunch conversation where our friend just drops this bomb on us that we had no idea was coming. And some of you guys are, are right now in the midst of storms that, that came out of almost nowhere. <laughs> and the Psalms are a testimony to the fact that, that um, the reality of our lives is this. And this is the hard truth today, that... <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, we are either just coming out of a storm or we're in a storm right now or there's another storm coming. That, that's just, <laughs> that is the reality of life before Jesus returns. And the question of the scriptures is never, will the storms come? And the question is rarely, how can I get out of the storms? The question is always, where will I go when the storms of life come? Where will I go for refuge? That's the question of the Psalms. That's the question of Scripture. And so before we look at where David goes, I just want to ask that question to you. Where do you go when the storms of life come? What's your, what's your kind of default uh, strategy? And we all have them. It's probably connected with your wiring and your history. But where do you, where do you tend to go when things get hard? Um, some of us in this room, when things get hard, we, we go to fear and anxiety, that's where we go. We, some trouble comes and we, we were like, oh yeah, I know what to do with this. I've done this before. I go to fear and anxiety and worrying. That's how I deal with my problems. That's where I go, right? Um, some of us go kind of the opposite direction. We go to control, right? When things get challenging, complicated, I go to control. We start writing lists. We start doing things. We start telling people what to do. We think maybe I can get in control over my life and gain control in this storm, Right? Others of us go to things like denial or distraction, right? Things get hard. We start to drink a little more at night. Um, we, we veg out in front of the TV a, little, a few more hours every night, right? Or we just stay really busy. Um, we're always on our phones. Um, for some of us, life gets hard. We go shopping, right? Distraction, numbing. We all have our different kind of go-tos based off of our personality and history, but it's worth asking yourself, what's kind of my, what's my go-to? And David, he models uh, this beautiful posture of going to God in the midst of the storms of life. And so let's look at that. I, I want to look at these two images for God that he gives us in this passage. And then I want to look at how he models going to God, finding a refuge in God 
in the storms of our lives. So first, let's look at these two images of God that we get. The first image is one I've kind of already mentioned that shows up in that inscription at the beginning, when he fled from Saul into the cave. It's an image of God as a cave. So I'm going to put up a picture of a cave. Uh, Many of you or some of you in this room have been to Israel, particularly in the south and the more desert region. You know there's these mountainsides that have all of these uh, caves. We've actually found some amazing archaeological finds in the midst of some of these caves. But um, David is obviously on the run, uh, and he needs, he needs a, a, a cave. He needs a place where he can hide from his enemies, and he needs a place where he can find refuge uh, from the elements of the desert. And so he finds a literal cave, but that literal cave becomes this beautiful metaphor for him for who God is, right? God, you are my hiding place, he'll say in other Psalms. God is his refuge, his hiding place, his place of safety and protection in the midst of enemies. And I think that picture of a cave gives rise to another image of God that I think is even more powerful in this passage, the central image that I want to have us all sit with this morning. And you see it in verse 1. Take a look at verse 1. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings. It's this image of God as God is like a mother bird uh, sheltering her chicks. Okay, this picture of a bird that's, that's protecting and sheltering, much like that cave sheltered, sheltered David. God is like this bird that shelters his children. That's, a, that's an image of God that we get regularly in the Psalms. Psalm 17, hide me in the shadow of your wings. Or Psalm 63, I sing I love that image. I sing in the shadow of your wings. Or verse 91, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Uh, This is an image that Jesus takes up on his own lips. This beautiful moment when he comes into the city of Jerusalem. This was in Luke's gospel. He looks over the city and he begins to weep over the city. And he he looks out at the city uh, where there's been violence, there's the Roman occupation, there's the corruption of the religious leadership at the time, and he mourns over the city. You remember what he says? He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, um, how I have longed to gather you under my wings as a mother hen gathers her chicks, and you wouldn't have it. It's like, oh, I just have this heart, I just have so longed to gather you for you to seek refuge under my wings. And this is the God we have, this God who says, I so long to gather you and and become this place of refuge for you. So just to get explicit, here's the image that we have that Jesus gives us of a God who wants to gather his children under his wings, that they might sing and find refuge in the shadow of his wings uh, and when we're going through the storms of life, his heart is, is that, is I want to ga- gather you. I want you to find refuge. Don't stay out in the cold by yourself. <laughs> Come and find refuge. I might not make the storm go away, but I will be a refuge for you in the storm. And, and I love this, this more mothering image of God. You know, mostly in Scripture we have, of course, image of, images of God as Father. Uh, those are by far the predominant. But we do get these, these mothering images of God, too, that I thought would be so appropriate on Mother's Day. It's why I chose this psalm. And, and it's this invitation to us to seek refuge in our God. 
Uh, I like, I'll, I'll keep this image up for a second. This is a fun one. Um, I, I think both the, you know, you think about the image of a, of a cave and this mother hen. Um, they both combine beautifully uh, this image of strength and warmth. If you think about it. like a, a cave is strong, right? It's rock and um, there's a structure to it that is sound and yet it is also warm. It's a place where you can come in from the cold and find refuge from a storm. Likewise, this mother hen, there's a strength to her. Okay, she looks pretty cute, but I promise you, if you get between her and her chicks, you will, you will face the fierce anger of the hen, right? Some of you have gotten between birds and their babies, and you've faced the fierce anger of birds. Um, but there's, of course, also behind that strength, there's this warmth. There's these, these soft feathers of refuge, Strength and warmth. It's actually pretty rare in life where we find people who, who so perfectly combine strength and warmth. We find strong people who tell you what to do, and they've got their plans, and they're going for it, right? And we find, um, but they're not always that soft. Uh, and then you find people who are, who are warm and kind and gentle, but maybe not strong. And it's a beautiful thing when you can find a person who combines those qualities And that is who our God is. He so perfectly combines those qualities of strength and warmth, uh, which makes him the perfect refuge. You need strength and you need warmth to be a real refuge. And, and I, I, as I say that about who God is, that I, I want to honor you moms today and then just acknowledge, uh, as Mark already has, that, that you are our first experience of, of God's strength and warmth of being our refuge, this place of safety that we can go to, however imperfectly you might do that, you are such a beautiful picture of that for us. Um, I mean, I think for those of you who are biological mothers, I mean, literally in, in the womb, you are a physical refuge, <laughs> this place of warmth and strength as we develop. And then beyond birth, as we go through our lives, you are such a tangible experience of refuge for us. I mean, through all different stages of, of life, as we wake up in the middle of the night, scared of the dark, right? Mom is most often the refuge when we miss the winning shot in the basketball game, right? Mom is, mom is there as a refuge. When we go to high school and our face is literally covered in acne, right? And it's like, ah, mom is the refuge. Mom's this wonderful refuge. And then as we get older, as we, as we go through our first breakup, mom can be there um, as this wonderful refuge, this, this combo of strength and warmth. And, and dads can be a refuge too, of course, right? We, we get to play that role too. But I think there's something unique about the mother's role of being this, this place of strength and warmth that creates a safety, um, you know, when, when yeah, that, that is like almost nothing else in the world. And so we honor you today for that. You are this beautiful expression of God's, strength and warmth to us. Okay, so um, that's the image. And now what I want to do is, is just spend the rest of our time asking the question, okay, so if, if that is who God is, he is he, that's his heart for us. He longs to be our refuge to the storms of life. How do we actually find refuge in God? I mean, what is that? What are we talking about? We can't see him. We can't run under his wings. Like, how do you actually do this? Uh, and what I love about this psalm is... Um, David doesn't give us, here's the three, three to five steps of seeking refuge in the Lord. No, no psalm ever does that. What they do instead is they model it for us. 
That's what David is doing in the writing of the psalm, is he is seeking refuge in his God. And so what we can look at is his example and his model and say, what do we, what do we see about what David does here? And how might that help us practically, tangibly seek refuge in the Lord? All right, so I want to mention just three easy, obvious things that David does that could be a model for how we might seek refuge in our Lord today. All right, so first thing he does, these are real obvious, but is... <laughs> he simply, he goes to God in prayer with his need, <laughs> okay? I, sounds a little obvious, but that's how you do it. He goes to God in prayer with his need. Look at verse one. Have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy. Literally, mercy, God. Mercy, that's what it says. Um, verse two, I cry out to God most high. And he gets real specific with his issues, right? Verse four, I already read it. I'm in the midst of lions, Lord. I'm forced to dwell among ravenous beasts. Verse six, they spread a net for my feet, right? He, he tells God what his needs are. And I'm reading this thinking, does, does God really need to be briefed on the situation? Like, surely he already knows these things. And yet you see this throughout the Psalms. They're like, God, here's what's happening in my life right now. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. And I need you to do something. I'm crying out to you. I'm coming to you with this problem because you can help me. So mercy, mercy, right? He just goes to God uh, and he starts with whatever the need is. (laughs) And that's where he starts his prayer. And that's another thing I like about the Psalms. The Psalms are actually not like very overly spiritualized versions of prayers, okay? Psalms rarely start with something like, most gracious and wonderful and kind, sovereign Lord. You know, I know that you are in control of all things, and yet now, you know, I beseech thee. You know, they don't start that way, right? They start this way. Help! right? Mercy. There's, there's no theology. Do something. Mercy. Mercy. It's been interesting. I've been walking with some of you in the last year through some painful things. I have prayed that prayer many times. Lord, mercy. Mercy. But I, I, I love, it's not overly spiritualized. It's like, you know what? Just start. What, what's the problem? Bring the presenting problem, bring it to your Lord and ask for what you want. That's how you, that's how you seek refuge. And, and as, as simple as, as that is, as obvious as that is, I was, I was struck this week by how often we actually don't just do that, right? Like when life gets hard, I don't, I should just go to God. Just go to God right then and bring the need and go to him. And how often we do other things. We, we again, we problem solve or we try to fix it ourselves. We go into control mode. We start to be anxious. And the Psalms, no, just take it. Whatever it is, don't try to make it overly spiritual. Just bring it to God. He can handle it. He's good with it. God's just waiting for that kind of communication. So that's the first thing he does, is he simply goes to God with his need. He just brings the presenting need, and he launches in. But then secondly, um, he also, in the midst of that, he reminds himself of who God is. Okay? He brings the need, but then he also reminds himself of who God is. Look at uh, verse 3. At the end of verse 3, it says, God sends forth, these two great words, his love and his faithfulness. And then again, look at verse 10, these same two words. For great is your love reaching to the heavens, your faithfulness reaches to the sky. He reminds himself, God is a God of love and faithfulness. 
Uh, that word love, we've talked a ton about lately. That's that Hebrew word chesed again, right? It's sometimes translated unfa- unfailing love or, or steadfast love. I, I call it sticky love. It's a love you can't get rid of me if you tried. It's that kind of love. And then that other word, faithfulness, it means to be reliable, to be trustworthy, to be dependable. And so you take those words together. Love and faithfulness is describing a love that, that stays with you, that doesn't give up, that never leaves you or forsakes you, that stands by through thick and thin. It's covenant love. And most often when I talk about covenant love, I bring up the, the relationship of marriage and the covenant there of for better or for worse. But today, I'd like to bring up the, the, the relationship of a mother with her children. Because in some ways, that sometimes can be almost an even stronger, I would never leave you or forsake you no matter what. Even if the world gives up on you, mom never gives up on you, right? And that is the kind of God we have. And what David is doing in the psalm is he brings the need first, but then he's reminding himself of who God is. You are a God of chesed and faithfulness, of love and faithfulness. And that is a very great practical way we can seek refuge in God when we're going through hard times. Well, what do we do? We actively remind ourselves again of who our God is. We can do that by going to the scriptures, right? Reading about his promises, reading about his character, these wonderful words, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I will work in all things for your good. And so we go to the the truths of scripture and we take them in and we preach the gospel to ourselves. We remind ourselves of God's character, who he is. We can go to our lives. We can look at our past and go, man, God, you have been faithful. You have loved me all the way to this point. I can remember other times when I was freaking out just like this, when I didn't see a way out. And look, you provided a way out or you, you stayed with me through it. And here I am today. So we can look at scripture. We can look at our own lives. What we're doing is we're reminding ourselves of who our God is. It's an, it's a way to seek refuge in him. And maybe today, some of you need to do that. Maybe you're in the midst of this new situation and it feels worse than all the others and you you need to remind yourself, no, no, I know who my God is. (laughs) He's been faithful this far. He will be faithful in this storm too. And then one last thing David does is he prays beyond his immediate need to God's larger purposes in the world, right? He starts with the immediate personal need, but then he moves beyond that and prays towards God's larger purposes in the world. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 seems to come out of nowhere. Verse, verse 4, I'm in the midst of lions, right? This is my life. This is what's going on. Then boom, verse 5, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. He goes from the personal to the, to the, the epically large. Lord, it's your glory that I want. You, you, you're, you're making yourself great in the world. He ends the psalm in that same way. Look at verse 11. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. So he starts with the personal need, but he does move beyond that and expand to, God, I want you to be glorified. That's my heart. Whatever happens to me in this circumstance, would you be glorified? I want people to know how great and awesome you are. And personally, I think if you saved me, that would help people know how great and awesome you are, right? That's how the Psalms work most of the time. Um, but that, that, that is such a great reminder um, because when we're in the midst of a storm, uh, the tendency is for our vision to get so myopic, Right? Like, it's, it's almost unavoidable. It's not wrong to, for it to happen, but you almost 
unavoidably turn inward and become self-absorbed, not in a bad way, but just you are so focused on this thing. I had a friend who called this, oh, you're domed right now. You're domed. Like, it's like you're, there's this dome over. You can't see out of the dome. You can't get out of the dome. And, and that is just a, the natural way that we get when troubles are happening. And what we need sometimes in the midst of trouble is to lift our eyes beyond the dome again, to, to remind ourselves of the larger world that is outside of our trouble, and to be reminded that God is in control of it. And God will bring glory to his name through our circumstances, even if we can't exactly see um, how that can be. And so I, I would say some of you are, are right in a thick storm right now, and that's what you need. Um, it's hard to get there, but you, you need something to help you go, oh, yeah, <laughs> My trouble is not the whole world right now. There, there are things outside of this world. And I just, oh, it's kind of a breath of fresh air to, to be reminded um, that the God's at work beyond and in other ways than what I'm going through right now. So that's how David does it practically. That's how he finds refuge. He starts with the need. He goes after it with God, but then he reminds himself of who God is. And he also considers the larger picture. And there's this beautiful trajectory in this psalm, I think, of his heart. It starts, it's this trajectory from like fear and anxiety to trust, and then finally actually to praise. And so by the end of the psalm, he's actually praising his God. Verse 7, my heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Verse 9, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. Maybe his situation hasn't changed uh, but his heart has found refuge in God. And he's feeling the, the impacts of that. And he's experiencing that. What Paul talks about in Philippians 4. The, the peace of God is, is guarding his heart and mind. And many of you have, have experienced that process of being in the midst of something. And working it out with God. And, and again, the storm may not pass. But you know what it's like to, to have your heart finding its shelter in God. Alright, so that's our psalm for the day. And I would leave you just with the simple question to all of us in this room. Um, where do you need to find a refuge in God in this season of your life? Where, where is God inviting you through this psalm? <laughs> I just want to gather you up. Just, you know, <laughs> come in from out of the cold. Don't do this on your own. The storm, I might not make it go away, but I'm going to be with you in it. Come, come and find refuge in me. And how can you do that? And I want to just close by acknowledging all of you women in this room and, and ask you specifically um, that question in light of Mother's Day. Where is it that you need to find refuge in God? I mean, I think what Mark said, you know, it's talking about the, the women, the, the young moms here. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you. Um, and the, the culture is putting all sorts of pressure. And you might be putting all sorts of pressure on yourself. You're trying to do this right, right? You're trying to do this perfectly. And there's all these questions that our moms never thought about that we're thinking about all the time now, right? Do I vaccinate or not? Do I go public or private or homeschool? Do I spank or not? Do I do sleep training or not? Do I go organic or not? All these things, right? And then there's all these perfect moms living perfect lives with their perfect children on, on Instagram, right? And it's just all this pressure, and I, I just want to say to moms that are in, in, my, in my wife's situation, as Mark just said, I think God is like, oh, <laughs> come here. <laughs> just come here. <laughs> let, me, let me find a refuge in me. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And so maybe that's you. Um, uh, maybe your situation is, is different. Um, 
Maybe some of you haven't been able to have the role of mom, and this day triggers that. Or um, some of you are in really challenging relationships with your kids right now. And um, this is an opportunity. This, what this day triggers is an opportunity to find refuge um, in your God. And uh, some of you maybe um, you've lost your mom. Or, or you never had the relationship with your mom that you desired. Your, your mom was not a great place of refuge. And so this kicks up stuff for you. And I think God is there. It's like, in a sense, I want to be your mom too. I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm your father, but I, I also have the heart of a mother for her, for her children. So where do you need to find refuge? We want to honor you today and, and celebrate you and um, support you in your role. Such a great role. So let me pray for us. Let me pray for all of you women in this room. Well, Lord, as we just sit for, for just a couple minutes with these images that we've just sat with uh, of you as this, this refuge, and I pray that wherever our souls need to find refuge, that your spirit would warmly, uh, graciously call us under those warm, soft feathers that are also so strong, uh, that we might find refuge in our time of trouble. And I pray especially for the women uh, of this family here, uh, that they would find in you a strong and warm refuge, um, that you would comfort them, that, and then you would empower them and equip them, give them great courage to step into this world and whatever roles you've given them, and to live as your image bearers, um, uh, doing good and justice and, and loving and, uh, and, and being refuges, uh, places of refuge for others as well, that you would just equip them and encourage them for their role today, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.